What's going on? Welcome back. We're here on, I guess, a Friday morning. Uh, a little bit of a different week. I mean, you all know the story from from yesterday's episode or two days ago's episode. But yeah, different week for us. But right off the top, I just want to shout out because you guys will be listening to this on a Friday. Would like to shout out the Astros. They were the intro track. They've been the intro tracks. Uh, new album dropped this morning. Highly recommend going to check that out. Would would recommend. Wait. You mean it's not pre-saved on your phone, Connor? Well, it's pre-saved on my phone. Yeah. Okay. Pre-saved okay. on my phone. Um, yeah, check that out. They're putting blue vinyl out for it, so that's pretty cool, I guess. They went with um, blue this time? Yeah, like a baby blue. And uh, yeah, they just booked a, a decent-sized show for themselves, so things are turning up. Good for them. Playing at the, if, you're, if you're in Kingston, Mansion, December 2nd, Everybody, I'll be there. I'll be there for big sure. Venue. It's a big venue in Kingston. It's probably yeah. the second biggest venue in Kingston behind uh, the Leon Center, isn't it now? K-Rock like, Center. The mansion and the ale, I would say the ale is like a bigger bigger size, but the mansion holds more People. stuff, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also, if anybody shows up to that show and mentions CFP that's not Braden Statchel, I'll buy you a beer. How's that? How's that to entice it? A bold prediction. If Braden shows up with the baby rocking like the earmuff headset, you have to buy him a drink. Just because I, I know that Braden will Absolutely. show up with a child Absolutely. to a concert. What is it like? <laughs> he does that. Two week old child <laughs> to a concert. He might do it to a Red Blacks game. Well, yeah, but that's next year. The kid will always be. <laughs> Um, we are talking about the Vanier today. I know we're rambling here to start off the episode, but we are going to be talking about the Vanier. But first, I texted Wade. The Coupe Vanier? Yes. Yes. We we know who you're rooting for. We know who you're rooting for. We will get into our, we'll deep dive that soon. But I have a bone to pick. I texted Wade this off the top. I've been real hot about something recently. And speaking of Braden Statchel, he is also in on this and very hot about this topic with me. Oh First off, shout out to the Toronto Argonauts for winning the Grey Cup. Second off, shout out to the Toronto Argonauts for all of the kind of outreach they've done in the immediate aftermath of winning this Grey Cup. They were at the MLSC program. They were at the Leafs game. They are at the Raps game the other night. And this is where I am upset and have my issue. Not that they were at the Raptors game. That's awesome. Bring the Grey Cup to the Raptors game and show that puppy off. Absolutely. I'm mad at Drake. I'm mad at Drake. And I'm not mad at Drake for the Raptors game. That's fine. That's dope. Get the Grey Cup in front of Drake. This is how we get the ball rolling on what I'm pissed off about. Where is the damn OVO collab for the Toronto Argonauts? Where has it been? We got the Leafs. We got, you know, old-time hockey guys in there. We got freaking, I think TFC had one. U of T's had two. <laughs> Obviously, the Raptors get a ton. Where the hell is the OVO Argonauts collab? And Braden gave me this little tidbit of information, so, so shout out to him. I don't want to steal from sources. The entire premise behind getting an OVO collab is that it has to be uniquely Canadian. Canadians in the damn title of the league. Canadian Football League. The Toronto Argonauts have won, what, their last seven straight Grey Cups? And they still can't get a freaking OVO collab with the leader of Toronto, so-called leader of Toronto? Yeah, I got one for you, Drake. Take care. 
Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, you talk about uniquely Canadian. What? Okay. If you, if I don't know if TFC has one or not. I don't know, but it what feels the, like everybody else in Toronto does. What the effing hell is unique about an MLS team to Canada? We were we weren't even the founding members of the league. We're like an afterthought, an add-in. <sighs> That's where I'm upset. I don't know if TFC had one or not. I would have to Google that. Uh, but... Yes, they do. The MLS okay. store has OVO collab TFC Boom. here. Boom. The Raptors and, and OVO. July 5th, 2022. There you go. The Raptors and OVO put out a new set of like mashup slash throwback Raptors jerseys that look really cool. Bring that same concept to the Argo stuff, man. Start throwing out. People go nuts over throwback gear. I just spent probably the last three months trying to track down a throwback hat. Like people go insane for throwback gear. Start putting out throwback OVO Argos gear. People will go wild for that stuff. The U of T stuff, it had kind of like a heritage look. It looked well, we, really okay, good. So when we, the first OVO collab dropped with U of T was when we were living in Toronto. And we lived down near the bookstore at U of T, right? Line up down that the was the That was the day it released. The store didn't open until, what, 10 o'clock that day? Yeah. And at 7.30 when we were leaving to go somewhere, the lineup was down and around and looping up around the Koffler building uh on the saint george campus like it's it's hugely popular but like i'd even say to an extent like look at the starter jackets and the comeback that they've had they are all retro vintage gear and then you see the queen's coaches wearing them for homecoming and throwback gear uh ryan dinwiddie had a dope argos starter jacket on for the gray cup yeah the, the i bombers have a really bought cool a brand well. new one uh from packers store in green bay like yeah it's so popular and it's just because it's throwback merch that has been made popular again, kind of like champion champion yeah. is always like the, like, I don't want to be mean, like Walmart brand, right? Like it was just, yeah, dude, like, you could get champion hoodies at Walmart for like 10 bucks. And now they're like 110. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it became this like popular thing. Like, Oh my God, champion. I need champion gear. And they're like, yeah, we're going to put up our prices like 200%. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I see what you, I see what you mean on, on the collab and it would be cool and you know now they want another gray cup they'll probably start to fish that out if it takes enoch moamba flexing that thing in front of drake so be it get it done that's what he did man did you see it like it was actually a cool moment like it was a great moment i I did i did drake but that's the cool that's the cool thing about having the argos being owned by mlsc is whenever a team does well the other members of mlse except for TFC because they don't like the fact that Argos use their field. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the other members of MLSE start to, like, start to support. Like you saw during the playoff run, the Leafs were showing up wearing Argos gear. Yeah. Uh, like, and Nick Nurse was wearing an Argos hat the other day. Yeah, like yeah. guys support the other members of MLSE, even if the financial support isn't always equal. Well, it won't be equal because TV shares and who's drawing what to the city. but. Um, even if the moral support is not always where it should be. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It's nice to see the other Toronto teams get behind and rally around or behind the Argos right now because there's a good... How bad do you feel if you're the Leafs and the Argos are just winning titles like every Left and right. And you're barely getting out of the first round. (laughs) 
Not even getting out of the first. Four Leafs fans, man. I can't. I can't. Nah. Red. I'm a Red Wings fan, so I had what like 20, 25, 26 straight years. Before I've since before I was born, the Red Wings were making playoff runs. But so you had some good ones though. <laughs> not with the Lions. Not with the no. Lions. Hey, they're going for four straight. I know we're recording. We're recording this for those that are wondering. Thursday morning before Lions kickoff. That was the idea. It was Connor said, "Hey, when do you want to record today?" And I said, "Well, let's get in before your Lions play." Okay, deal. Let's go. So, Coupagne, Vanier Cup, uh, the final football game in the Canadian calendar. This is it. Next week, uh, we're into off season, which means draft time. But we've got a great matchup here uh, between Saskatchewan and Laval. Uh, I, I personally like this matchup. I know we talked about it on the Wednesday uh, show saying we like the changeup. We like differentiation in our matchups. We like to see new teams make it to the top stage. Uh, Saskatchewan last year had a really interesting fight against Montreal to put themselves in the Vanier Cup. Uh, and the way the field conditions were uh, did not really allow them to play their full game. Even talking with Greg Marshall at the Yates Cup about the field conditions at Laval last year. And he had said, like, you know, that that field really played to our advantages where we could just run straight downhill where Mackert kind of liked to fish in behind and be patient and find holes. You didn't have that luxury. You had to just pick and go and run straight ahead because on the ice that we were playing on, you couldn't change direction. You got one cut off the top and that was it. So I, uh, I like the matchup that we have this year. I am very happy to announce that the Glenn Constantine Revenge Tour is officially over. Everyone has been beaten. So... Now it's just time for him to cap it off. He's coming back for the encore in this week because he beat Montreal. He said, hey, you guys, the Dunsmore Cup has my name on it. Mine, mine, mine. It is my trophy. Uh, In the national semifinal, you're playing against a juggernaut in Western that everyone assumed would be hosting a Vanier Cup and playing in a home Vanier Cup. And they fell down early and Glenn just said, "Mm, not today. I'm sorry. They fought back. Uh, and here they are on the top stage and they get to play against the Huskies. Is the revenge tour over though? They have no, to beat the Huskies over. still. They it's still have over. to beat the Huskies. I say it's not I, over if they don't win the Vanier. I say the revenge. Oh, okay. Well next year, if they lose the Vanier next year is the revenge, revenge, the revenge tour of revenge tours. Yeah. I, uh, I I think that, like, when we look at the Saskatchewan team, Connie, what are we getting? Like, what what was their path to get here? Did they, like, to me, Saskatchewan had a really nice time out in Can West. They fell on the road trap at UBC, and then they just kind of put it in cruise control. They struggled with Regina as well this year early on. Um, but for me, I, I like a team that is Laval, where you've had to go through Montreal, who was in the national semifinal in the Vanier Cup last two seasons. A very good program, a very highly skilled program, and a rival at that. You take Montreal out. Then you go into your national semifinal. 
well, not just take Montreal out. You take them out in the regular season. You lose on a long field goal early at Montreal. I, you lose that late on a walk-off field goal. You come back and win by 30. I don't acknowledge the one loss. Uh, <laughs> you, play, you play the other teams well in your conference. Playoff, dominate, and then you win another last-second game in the Dunsmore Cup. You play the number one ranked team in the country, and here you are. I like that path a lot more than, you know, we cruise through Can West. We struggled with UBC on the road, fair road trap, avenge that in the Hardy Cup, and here we go out east, fall behind early, self inflicted wounds, and then cruise control, win the game, and we're out. This Laval team to me just. They've faced it more. I know that I just said that Sask has lost and there was some inflicted wounds and adversity, but I feel like Laval has faced more of that this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, like, I totally see what you're saying and not to disagree. I just want to like throw like, I guess a counterpoint um, or another, another side to this thing, I guess. Um, I do, I, I agree with you on the pathing. Like Laval has, has had these tougher games. I'll say tougher games because, you know, Laval plays Montreal, then they play Western and so on and so forth, like you're saying. But in that run, the thing that Saskatchewan provides is maybe something that Laval hasn't quite seen yet. They have a quarterback like Mason Nice, who in that, in that semifinal game, only misses eight passes on 38 attempts, still throws for over 300 yards, two touchdowns in the game. And he's throwing to, it's not just, you know, one or two receivers in this game. It's, you know, three or four where Daniel Weeb's making plays, Daniel Perry's making plays, Caleb Morin's making plays, Riker Frank out of the backfield, right? Like, yeah, yeah, there's, there's so many good offensive players across the board within this Saskatchewan offense. And they know how to play, you know, they know when to strike. They know when to lean on Riker Frank. They know when to kind of put it in the hands of somebody who's going to, you know, like a wide side screen that's just going to get out in open space and make plays. They do a lot of things really well. And yeah, they fell behind and they're shooting themselves in the foot in, in against X, but they're good enough to overcome those type of things. But now Laval poses a different threat for, Saskatchewan altogether like you can make these arguments either way I'm just saying that the Saskatchewan offense just maybe isn't necessarily something that Laval has had to deal with on this path right I I, I would I would like kind the completeness of, of it yeah yeah and like I, I think the most interesting thing to me when you look at these offenses specifically the uh, skill players the speed Saskatchewan has yeah. versus the physical nature Laval has, yeah. right? And it's headlined by Mittal, who is just this beast of a human being. And you look at Morin, Weeb, Perry, Vavra. These guys all fly on the field corner. You saw it on uh, Weeb's long touchdown, right? Like, catches an under route, and all of a sudden, he just starts pulling away up the sideline. And all of a sudden, he gets two blocks from receivers, and it's just, okay, you're not catching him. No, uh, yeah. And that to me is where Saskatchewan can really win this game is the speed in which they play with on offense. Defensively, they play with a lot of speed as well. But Catley Joseph, 
is the key to me. Yeah. He had a rough outing against Saskatchewan or for Saskatchewan against X. So he had a rough outing against X. Uh, and it was just a matter of, okay, you're on an island. Have fun running with Zachary Kareem. Hood. Uh, and it was just go ball, go ball, go ball. And I think that what Laval is going to try to do on the edge, Connor, is just lull him to sleep. You saw a lot of quick outs, hooks, where Arnaud can sling the ball out there. It's a long throw for a short game, but it sets up, oh, okay, we're going to lull you to sleep and then go off the top. Uh, and I, I think that's going to be the game plan because throwing someone like Kevin Mittal at Charlie Ringland, it's a good matchup. Both really long, physical guys who can run. Uh, I, I think they're going to have to take advantage in other ways. We were talking about the defensive side of the ball earlier, so I'm going to stick with it a little bit here. I think it's really going to come down to, you know, how are they going to pressure? How are they going to create these opportunities for themselves, you know, at the line of scrimmage or at least getting somebody in the face of, of Arnaud Desjardins so he can't get one downfield to Kevin Mittal. Like we saw what happened in that Western game when Western started kind of bullying the middle the middle of the pass rush and getting hands up. Like they batted one down. It was a lucky play, but it was a good play. Batted one down, got one for themselves. Um, so I think Saskatchewan's defense is probably going to have to play one of their, one of their better game. Obviously they're going to have to play their best game of the year. That's a dumb thing to say, but uh, <laughs> the other thing that I think they're really going to need to focus on is the Laval backfield. And I think they kind of got a warm up with Malcolm Bussey and they did really great things there. 11 carries 53 yards. It was probably, you know, the most he had been contained all year. But again, now you're playing an offensive line like Laval. And I think line playing this one, who's going to dominate the line of scrimmage here for Saskatchewan is really going to dictate how this game goes for them defensively. All right. Rush yards against per game. Laval, 87 and a half, 87.4. Saskatchewan, 113.6. Pass yards allowed per game. Out in Can West, where it is a lot of, Aerial attacks, like the best way to put Ken West is someone that specifically watches the OUA, where you see so much run-heavy, power-heavy teams. It's more run and shoot, where your your release valve, yeah, you're going to have a check down corner, but you're always going to have a guy taking the top off the defense. There's, there's just so many concepts where you're sending players deep, just just to pull guys away and provide more spacing four underneath routes when you're trying to hit them. But you have to be wary because quarterbacks like Mason Nice, quarterbacks like Adam Sinagra, whenever he was with uh, the Calgary Dinos on their run, they see those shots. And if you let one go, <laughs> you're letting it go for good, especially against these Sask receivers. Uh, so Saskatchewan, under 200 yards, 199.1 per game. Uh, Laval, meanwhile, kind of hanging out in the bottom third there with 255 passing yards against per game. If Saskatchewan is going to win, it is going to be on Mason Nias. Hopefully he doesn't have the ice ball like he had to throw last year. Uh, but they've got a ton going for them. Yeah, they certainly do. But I don't know, man. This is going to be... It's going to be a heck of a game. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to, you know, those matchups of Mutal downfield. What are they going to look like defensively? How is Laval going to try to dominate? Because I really don't think defensively for Laval, if they come out and play the first half that they did against Western, 
Saskatchewan's good enough offensively <laughs> to run it up <laughs> very quickly. Gonna, do you think they're going to fumble five five times in the first quarter? Saskatchewan, again? yeah. If they, I mean, this could go. You could both teams both ways with that, but like, good man, they like neither team can play that first half, but. What yeah. if both of them play that first half? <laughs> well, then we're going to see a second half like we did in the Mitchell Bowl, where it's going to be an absolute slugfest until one team wins. Connor, you want to know the line for this game? I just look, I just looked it up because we're going to make our picks here towards the end of the episode. Uh, we're going to talk about a few more things first. But just to give you some, some food for thought, Laval minus seven and a half. The over-under for the game is 47 and a half. And the money line, Laval minus 233. Sask is plus 190. Okay. Wow, seven and a half, really? Yeah, seven and a half. Shout out to everybody who got in on that plus 450. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, I told you it was a good bet. It was a good bet. Now they're minus two thirty three in the Vanier Cup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would have been yeah. a nice futures payout. Uh, I know. I'm guessing Carlos Verde has uh, <laughs> has, has his money in on this. He's been on the Glenn Constantine train with me this year. Absolutely. Uh, okay, I want to talk to you about some of the ancillary factors. Saskatchewan last year went to Montreal, and then just had a short trip into Quebec City. This year, they've gone Saskatoon to Antigonish to London, Ontario. That is not a fun commute ever because from Saskatoon, you can't fly <laughs> right into Antigonish. They didn't even stay in Antigonish. I heard this on the broadcast. They stayed 45 minutes away. That's and then tough. had to bus in. Jeez. So they have to then fly to Toronto and then bus from Toronto out to London, which is like another two and a half, two hours on its own. And with all that being said, they are there. They are practicing. And do they get bogged down by this travel this year? Because this year's travel is way worse than what they had to do last year. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because that's something that I was wondering as well. Like, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, man, Saskatchewan's had a really terrible travel schedule to get to this Vanier Cup. Meanwhile, Laval, they've they've already been in London for the last few days. They played played the Mitchell there. They stayed there. So I don't know. I think it's tough. Like it's tough to say, but I think that if there is going to be any advantage, I would say it would lean towards Laval who's been staying there for the last few days. They're getting comfortable, familiar. They're not getting on planes, buses, you know, trying to, to get there to make pra the practice times and stuff. So I think uh, from that standpoint, for sure, there's definitely a bit of a lean to, to Laval who's already been there you know, for the last couple of days. Both teams are there on Thursday is the press conference day as usual. And then uh, Thursday night is wards night, I believe. So uh, <clears throat> we uh, certainly will get a chance to see where that Crichton goes. Both finalists are 
playing in the Vanier Cup as uh, Kevin Mittal and Mason Ice were there. I, I really think I think it's Mason Ice's to lose. If they had put Arnaud Desjardins in the in the race, then I would have said yes. But Connor, to me, like it's tough, man. Like it's a quarterback-driven game. I know we say the NFL is a quarterback-driven league. The CFL absolutely is more so. The game of football is quarterback-driven. And when you look at Mason Nias, like 345 yards a game, 18 touchdowns, three picks, uh, 200 – or sorry, 2,700 passing yards. Like, yeah, the guy, the guy was everything for his team. And when you look at Mittal – he was the leader in receptions. He was the uh, league leader in yards, league leader in touchdowns by a country mile. Uh, 12 touchdowns to Savon Magna Jones is nine. I, I, I don't, as much as we like the Keon Edwards story about 1,000 1, yards and nine touchdowns, I, it's got to it's gotta go to one of these two, like we have three of the leaders. Unfortunately, Malcolm Bossy got buried by JP and Quentin Scott in terms of like yards per game. And uh, that kind of drops him off out of this race, making it three, but they, they count in winning. And when your team gets knocked out, I think that people just kind of go, Oh, wow. Wait a second. I know we had Trey Ford last year, get it when his team was 500. Uh, and we had Chris Merchant the year before when this team didn't win the Yates Cup and make it even out of the conference. Um, I got some reserved thoughts on those, but uh, <laughs> traditionally this has been a winning award and they factor that in. Nobody's, nobody's at the height of Mittal and Nias as we <laughs> head into the penultimate weekend. Yeah, no, I... I... I 100% agree with you on that one, but I think it's going to go to Nias. I think it's, I think really think it's going to go to Nias. So, um, yeah, I mean, look at what he's done in the playoffs. Four more touchdowns. He threw 300 yards last mm-hmm. game. I, I think, yeah. Is this the rare opportunity where the September VP and the week one tech winner actually stays through to the end of the year? Because how many times do you see that where it's like, oh my God. Two weeks into the year, it's, whoa, look at this guy. He's flying. He's going to win the MVP. And all of a sudden, three weeks later, you're like, wait, who was, who was talking about him? Like, people thought Bryce Young would be a Heisman candidate. And to be fair, Bryce Young has carried Alabama football more this year than he did last year. But once they lost that and came to Tennessee, it was kind of like, oh, oh, not Bryce Young. Okay, yeah, we'll go somewhere else and look. Speaking of college football, the game. The game. Is Blake Corum playing? I don't know yet. If he doesn't play, bye. Yeah, I'm sorry. Your playoff hopes are done. I hate He's Ohio so State so much. I hate Ohio State so much. Yeah, yeah Blake but without, amazing. Blake, without Blake It makes Corum, it real tough. <laughs> makes it real tough. With Blake Corum, I, I think Michigan wins. Without Blake Corum, I not a chance. It's going to be a blowout. I don't want to hear any Jimothy slander coming out of your mouth next week if you lose. Man, I have not slandered Jim once this year. Not once. Yeah? 
It was on your case two years ago and three years ago about slandering Jimothy. Well, you know what? That many losses to Ohio State hurts, okay? Your team's way better now than when you had Brady Hoke. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. We'll say Denard Robinson, best college quarterback in Michigan history. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can't go there. I, I did. Personal favorite. <laughs> you said college quarterback, so it's... it's Best argu- college quarterback in Michigan arguable history. arguable at least. Yeah. First, oh first Michigan quarterback to go 1,000 in 1,000. Yeah, with like six losses. <laughs> Still, you had like 2,000-some-odd passing yards. Pile of rushing yards, bunch of touchdowns. All right. Uh, do we want to do some predictions for the game? And then Jadavian Cloudy ended his life. Yes. Let's do some predictions. First team to score a touchdown. Laval deep shot. I'm going to Saskatchewan deep shot. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> will either team have a special teams touchdown? No. No. Kabongo has a couple this year for Saskatchewan. I'm going to say no as well. Uh, Riker Frank have more receiving or rushing yards? Rushing. I think he goes receiving. I think they're going to use him so much. Get him in in space. Uh, Okay. Arnaud Desjardins and Mason Nice combined for more than 600 passing yards or less. 300 apiece. Uh, You know what? No, no, no. 550. We'll go 550. More. More than 550 between the two of them? Yeah, I don't think they're going to get up to 600, but I think they'll get over 550. What if one guy just throws up like 400 yards? <laughs> well, then I took the over, so that's good. <laughs> uh, okay. My final one, Kevin Mittal, over one and a half touchdowns or under? Under. No touchdowns against Western, but 12 in the regular season, three in the Dunsmore Cup. Yeah, under. You think under? Yeah. I think he scores at least one. I'm saying oh. this is the most interesting prop that I've ever made up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going with you. I, I think when they get down to the goal line, there'll be a lot of smoke and mirrors with Mittal. Yeah. But they're going to be coming down to clutch time. It's going to just be like, all right. David Delaire. Hey. hey. <laughs> get going. Uh Finally, will either quarterback throw an interception? Yes. Yeah? Do you want to take a step further and say who you think is going to throw a pick? Desjardins. You think Arnaud is? I think, yes, because, and I'll give you my reasoning why. I think, um, to make a CFL comp here, I think the way that Saskatchewan is running their offense is much like the Montreal Alouettes, how they run it with Trevor Harris. Just pure efficiency. Like, it doesn't matter if the ball is going five yards, three yards, like, they're just getting it out wide, getting their playmakers in space, efficient passing. There's nothing really. And when Mason Nias is taking shots this year, he's taking Take shots. safe shots and he's throwing them like it's where his receiver can get it or not. And yeah, I mean, he's thrown a total of five INTs on the year. So they're, they're playing an efficient, not safe, but safe or passer friendly offense, right? Where there's not a lot of opportunity to, you know, make that mistake. Nias is playing where he, won't make that mistake. He's playing really smart football this year. I'm saying if an interception does happen, it's a tip ball or something like that. Like it's not going to be 
a glaring, oh, no, you shouldn't have made that throw. I think that's probably the best comp you could possibly have for the Saskatchewan team. A power run game. Yeah. Uh, a good opportunistic defense with turnovers. And a, an efficient quarterback that spreads the ball and just picks shots. The only issue, and didn't Scott Flory play for the Owls in his career? He did for a long time, yeah. There we go. Yeah. The only issue with that, Connor, is what happened when they came up against a team that throws the ball downfield and runs the ball of vengeance. Yep. It was a long day for the Birds. Yeah. And that's what I think this Laval team does, is they take their shots. There's a lot of deep action, deep overs. Uh, and they, they're going to run the piss out of the ball. We saw it last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they just kind of stepped up and said, all right, it's, you guys can have fun stopping this Western. I know we're down 17 points, but we're going to end up raking in what was 170 yards, 173 from Uganda. Like, Again, I, I much think, like Malcolm Bussey, I think that's where your priority lies if you're the Saskatchewan defense, which is why I was saying, like, control the line of scrimmage, control the pace of play, don't let them get going. I'm fine. Like, if you look at if you look at the receiving totals from, from the Mitchell Bowl against Western, like, I'm fine with Kevin Mattel having, you know, eight catches for 100 and whatever yards and no touchdowns. I'm cool with that. It's right now, it's you cannot let the ground game get going for Laval. And... One thing I know, I know Desjardins isn't much of a runner, but one thing that really threw Saskatchewan for some loops last week was the running ability of uh, Silas Fagnon. Do we see them try to get out on the perimeter or design some movement, shift the pocket a little bit, or do they just stay true to their, to their game with uh, the Rouge or of drawback play? I don't think you change anything at this point. You go with what got you here. Uh, I'm sure will... you're going to have to game plan for certain things. That's that's you know that's football, but I don't think you go away from your identity as a team for the Vanier. Like you just rock with what got you here. I, I think so too. Uh, finally, do we have a Gatorade color? Oh, uh, orange. 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 Okay, I'm saying blue. Usually, usually I do like team color, but ain't nobody putting the green Gatorade in a cooler for everyone. While Laval could do red, red's pretty popular. Uh, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna stay blue though. Stay cool. But uh Connor, it's time. Final picks. I'm gonna ask you two money line and spread. So spread, who are you taking? Spread, I am taking Saskatchewan. Moneyline, you are taking? Laval. I got to ride it. Yeah? Are you with me? Yeah. Talk about hedging your bets, eh? (laughs) Okay, but look, we have a seven and a half point game in a Vanier Cup. Yeah. It's a championship game, Connor. Even the Argos plus six, I thought that was a money bet, and then they ended up winning. I think these two teams match up very well. Yeah. No, I think they, they do as well. And you have uh, really smart quarterbacks with Desjardins and Nias, really experienced coaches with Constantine and Flory, good run games, 
good weapons on the outside, solid defenses that make plays led by linebackers who are tackling machines. And eventually that, that results in who's going to make a big mistake first and in key, key situations. I don't think either of these teams are going to get beaten on a first quarter mistake, but in the second half, who makes that error? Um, and seven and a half points in the championship game is always too much for me. Unless I'm like really feeling it that day. <laughs> uh, this this line's going to get bet down, I think, as we get closer to game time. People are probably start betting Saskatchewan to cover that. Looking at a couple whales in Toronto, but... Uh, <laughs> The uh, the Huskies are definitely going to be coming closer. So I'm going to take it at seven and a half. If it gets to five, I'm going Laval. Yeah. So yeah. take it at seven and a half. Take it at six, six and a half. It gets down to five and a half. Oh, I'm getting close. If it goes five flat, we're talking betting two and a half points down. That's a lot of money getting thrown at the Huskies. I'm going to I'm gonna go Laval. Start fading it a little bit. 100%. Yep. All right, we want to do uh, over-unders here? Oh. What is it, 47 a and a half? Sweat. It was 47 and a half for the game. Uh, Saskatchewan's 21 and a half. Laval's 28 and a half. I'll do the game over-under. I'll take the okay, game over-under. I was sweating last week when we made our parlay. Some miscommunication. Uh, I wanted the total points, like the game points. But I said, like, Sask X uh to- or points over and i think jake read it as like saskatchewan times the points over <laughs> so he put the saskatchewan team total i was sweating i was like oh god this is a big number to cover <laughs> I, I was confident and then i saw the five fumbles and i was like what do i do <laughs> but we got it Barely, eh? Just only hanging on. That, only thing that killed the the uh, parlay was not getting a Nick Dempsey touchdown. Which I thought was guaranteed. He'd been on a roll. Man, playoff machine. And then they just didn't... Well, it got down to the one, so I don't blame them, but... But Canadian rules. Next year, take, coming in. Next year, I'm going to take the back quarterback to score a rushing touchdown. It's good. It's a good one. Uh, okay, total points over under 47 and a half. I am gonna take. I'm gonna take the over. I'm gonna take the over on the point total. So if we go, these teams can score. Twenty-eight twenty. If we go 28-20, that puts us at forty-eight. Twenty-eight twenty-four is my score prediction for Laval. Uh yeah. So I'm going over too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, if this game um, goes like 24-21, we're going to be pissed, but <laughs> yeah. it could roll that really, way. Really open for a last-second field goal at that point. Uh, <clears throat> I, I'm really excited for this game. Uh, we're doing our Manning cast? Yeah. Yeah? All right, so we'll have the link live uh, up to our YouTube channel as well off of our social media pages. Uh, see our perspective on all platforms. I'm going to have a nice spread of food here cooked up for Connor and I. So I'm sorry if you guys are watching with empty stomachs. Uh, I'm talking pulled pork, maybe some mac and cheese. Homemade we're going to have to turn the, turn the cameras off. I'm going to be 
dropping stuff all over the place. <laughs> uh, maybe some jalapeno poppers, but I gotta go shopping. Gotta go shopping and see what tailgate food I can whip up here. Um, but there'll be food for us. I highly recommend you guys eat your own food as well. Uh, there'll be fun. We, of course, won't be calling play-by-play for the game. Uh, we'll just be kind of watching it, making comments as we go through the game. And you can see us sweat it out as the Constantine Revenge Tour comes to a close. Comes to a comes to a, comes to an end. Hopefully, with uh, for you, anyways. Hopefully, with a, a hoist of the vanier. I'll say this: I, I'll be really happy if uh, Saskatchewan wins. Yeah. Just, just uh, talking with Mason during the COVID year and seeing what he was going through, uh, watching them win last year and the emotion that they had in that last second win over the Caribbean to then fall short. And then this year, they're like, you know what? Screw it. We're all coming back. We have unfinished business. Let's get to work. It'd be nice to see them go out on top. But at the same time, Glenn Constantine, now the all-time winningest coach in U sports history. A couple years of getting beat by the conference rival to come back and do it this way. After not playing on their home field and then spoiling Western's opportunity. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with the outcome of this game either way. Yeah, there's, there's guys that you're going to feel good for. There's storylines that you're going to love. You know, either way this game falls. So you can't really be mad. I'm just hoping for, I'm just hoping for a really good competitive football game. It's the Vanier. I want, I want that 27-26 type game. Oh, I don't know. I might be shedding hair with all that stress. Uh, if you guys want to get in on the gambling lines, head to CoolBet.ca, the best sports book in the country. Uh, they are live as well. Jake and Andrew are over in Doha for the World Cup. Uh, so there's daily stuff going up for them. Check out their special bets as well. I'm sure we'll have a parlay going this weekend uh, for the Rouge or and Huskies. On that note, at Wade Zank, at Connor O'Neill, the Astros' new album, go listen to it. Final thoughts, Connor? Shop Fox 40. Go to fox40shop.com. Use the code CFP15. 15, 15% off all of their great products. Online, anywhere, get their stuff, whistles, towels, coaching boards, you know the spiel. Great products, great people. Um, actually got a chance to meet them in the airport. So that was that was really nice. That was cool. Yeah, go support them. They're awesome. So that's go it blue. for me. Go blue. Yeah, go blue. There we go. You almost forgot. Uh, happy belated Thanksgiving to our American listeners as well. Uh, hopefully you guys were able to enjoy the Fs of Thanksgiving, family, food, and football. We'll see you guys after for the start of draft season. Can't not wait. quite. That'll be Thursday, but not yeah. quite. We're going to take some time off probably after the season. Rest up a little bit. Get ready for draft season. Maybe. Maybe a little bit of time off. Fun episode. Fun episode. Yeah, definitely. All right. See you guys. Are you just getting stoned listening to sci-fi